Chapter 21, Wrap-Up The MQ plan is never complete. It's part of the process for any vendor in the technology space. The purpose and goal is to make sure that your position on the Magic Quadrant aligns with your true position in the market relative to the Gartner client base. Done properly, the MQ could be a true sign of a problem in your organization. You may not even see it coming. You think it's the economic conditions that led to flat sales for your products. But your competitors may be racing ahead because of a product feature they discovered that really addresses a customer problem. Maybe they have a better sales staff, or their geographic location is better. Maybe they are not constrained by a scarcity of talented people to hire. Maybe their new CEO is an industry expert herself, while your new CEO came from Procter & Gamble, or GE, and is trying to execute on a failing strategy. Maybe the market and the analysts picked up on this. Treat the MQ seriously, just as the Gartner and user clients do. Did your new product revenue recently fall below your renewal level? That is a sure sign that you're coasting and about to fall. Your board may love it because your profitability is soaring and Wall Street is pushing your stock up. Maybe you're suffering from Christensen's innovator's dilemma. The technology shift is on and those upstart vendors that don't have to support legacy customers are getting all the new business. This is why buyers need industry analysts. Analysts see these changes coming, if they're doing their job, and forewarn their clients. According to Gideon Gartner, the founder of Gartner Group, the Magic Quadrant had its birth in a series of stalking horses he created. A stalking horse was meant to be a way for analysts to look at a particular space or trend in a new way. They would present these at internal meetings to generate discussion and insights that could inform Gartner's published reports. The stalking horses themselves were never meant to be published. At one such meeting, Gideon suggested creating a chart with two axes to create a picture of a particular vendor space. Thus, the Magic Quadrant was born, although never published as such while Gideon was at the helm. From that civil beginning, the Magic Quadrant has taken on a life of its own. There are hundreds of separate MQs, each devoted to a particular category, many apparently overlapping. To anyone outside the IT industry, they present a confusing array of product options and a universe of diversity and product choice. The IT industry insiders that have to bring their products to market, especially to the enterprise, live and die by their position in the Magic Quadrant and examine the nuances presented in each report as it's published. As I researched this book, I encountered vehement reactions to the Magic Quadrant. They're viewed as arbitrary and tilted in favor of those vendors that spend the most with Gartner. But I also discovered that Gartner has invested much in improving the objectivity of their process. They have beefed up the office of the ombudsman to give vendors a channel to voice their protests. Yes, you have to spend money to improve your recognition in any market. As I've stressed throughout this book, there are strategic and tactical ways to invest your resources to ensure that you're accurately represented in the Magic Quadrant. Follow the MQ plan you have created, and you will see results in your journey up and to the right.